And this also kind of, because um, obviously when we spoke to Madeline Aristoxy a few months ago now, we kind of talked about a lot of like, the wider music scene shit as well. Um, and obviously I watched the Contain podcast you're on back in April with um, yeah. Zorn and Technorgasm, where you kind of discussed like all the web free shit and how that kind of de- deconstructs kind of, you know, against the wider industry um, end project as well. Again, kind of, you know, looking to almost go against large music industry. Yeah, so I'll probably go into web free stuff first. So I guess kind of back in April, um, when there was, because you discussed around how the web free being, how moving on from web 2.0 and how all these things happen. And we knew kind of within our circles that a lot of labels were looking at web, web 3.0 in terms of like NFTs. Um, you know, there's some bands, I think, publicly, like Fever 333, um, some privately who were looking to move into that space as well, who haven't now. I guess where, in terms of Web 3.0, over the last six months, has had landscapes changed a bit. Do you still kind of see Web 3.0 holding the same kind of potential in, in, the, in the music kind of realm, world, whatever, you, whatever word you want to use? Yeah, so I can actually get into a lot of this, um, even specifically because I literally, like my day job is in NFTs, actually. (laughs) There has been this sort of like waning cultural intrigue in uh, NFTs and just Web3 as a whole as of recent. But that's more to do with the um, prices of tokens and cryptocurrencies and stuff. So there have actually been a lot of projects that have been either like put on hold or just have completely tanked as a result of this waning interest. But it's not indicative of the, um, I guess, like the greater picture of Web3. I think a lot of people are mistaking Web3 as like this like sort of spontaneous overtaking and like overhauling of the internet to be this like really weird unrecognizable like cryptocurrency funded work where everything is like you have to connect with your wallet on every single website or whatever the fuck and you know people are making millions off of bitcoin and ethereum and shit and that's not really what it's supposed to be that's just kind of the ugly like preliminary into web3 because of all these people who are invested in it right now the actual like to me the actual vision of Web3 is just giving the ability to create your own economy as a creator, independent of any fiat currency or anything like that, almost entirely dependent upon like cultural capital, all on your own, with all the tools and all the resources to do all of that entirely on your own. So I'll give you an example. This is actually giving a little bit away about end project and like what our actual like mission is. So I touched on that earlier when I said how I feel like Omerta is not really going to be understood musically until you contextualize it with like whatever, whatever uh, the other members of end project are doing musically. And then it'll make more sense. Otherwise they're going to get lumped in with fucking like alpha wolf or whoever the fuck. But as far as everything else goes, besides that, I had such a negative experience in the industry in my time being signed to record label because of touring, because of management, whatever. And also, like, being someone who came from image boards and, like, where anonymity was such a huge part of my identity and just, like, I guess, decentralization as a whole, 
Web3 really appealed to me. I mean, before it was Web3, it was literally just Bitcoin. And then when it was not just Bitcoin, it was just Bitcoin and Ethereum. I've known about Bitcoin since I was in like high school, since freshman year of college. So like, I'm talking a long fucking time ago. And it was because I was just on 4chan. I was on like the dark web constantly. And that's just where it sprang up. And the spirit of those websites and that whole culture at the time was just anarchy. It was freedom from the government, freedom from prying eyes. It was privacy. It was independence. And I mean, it was, it was just libertarianism. It was like cyber libertarianism, which I mean, I'm not a libertarian, but cyber libertarianism is a very different thing than just fundamental libertarianism. And it has more to do with the people's agency over, over their digital identity and their digital presence. So in this case, it would be um, self-sovereignty and decentralized systems. So the promise to me of Web3 is making available these things like, you know how you go on a website, you have all these credentials, emails, usernames, whatever, passwords. All of these things live on centralized servers, owned by Google, owned by Amazon, owned by whoever. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but if you say the wrong thing at the wrong time, you do the wrong thing, you whatever, post the wrong thing, you're at, the, you're at the behest of their algorithms and their content moderators. And that's not to say that I think it should just be a free world where everyone posts whatever the fuck they want. But I think that these things should be defined on your terms, on your community's terms. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, as it currently stands... At every level, it is some, it's on someone else's terms. And even when it comes to finances, these things are dictated on someone else's terms. So one idea for end project that we're going to start rolling out later this year, if not like next year, early next year, um, we're going to basically make it so that... So we have a Discord server called end project. Um, I'm not going to get too much into that, but... It's basically, for now, an incubator for like fans and peers to just hang out, do whatever, you know, like typical Discord server. But we're all providing resources, both like, you know, coaching people through stuff, teaching people through to do marketing or like work on music or branding or whatever, getting on, getting on VC calls. It's super informal, nothing's scheduled or anything like that. But it's just a way for artists to convene with either other artists or fans who want to know the process or are aspiring to become artists themselves and letting all of these resources and letting all of this information out publicly for free as long as you know they're a part of this like free community and the reason why is because i think a lot of the reason or a lot of like um recent artists have seen success you know like in the hyper pop scene or the underground rap scene eat shit i mean like even in the hardcore scene through independent efforts you know recording their friend's basement recording in their fucking closet in their parents homes recording on a macbook speaker whatever and they've been able to garner millions upon millions of plays millions of monthly listeners across different platforms because you don't need corporations to basically um to hold you hostage to hold you and your intellectual property hostage to have a monopoly over these tools that are necessary to distribute music or to you know 
market you or whatever. And what I'm what I'm trying to do is kind of like I guess like the next logical step beyond like independent record labels, wherein we would or even beyond like independent distributors, wherein we would just be a group of people like any other fucking internet forum, but people who are participating in the same scenes in the same communities and literally it's like hey um hey omerta guys can you guys help me write this chord progression i'm having a little bit of mm -hmm. like a hard time doing this or hey what do you guys do for this um what do you guys use for drums what plugins did you use and we'll just post them in there like oh hey like i'm about to release a record does anyone have any ideas about how to roll this one out or whatever and it's it's literally as simple as that it's nothing more complicated than that it's like if you took the idea of a group or a collective like Odd Future Brockhampton and you expanded that infinitely outwards to include as many people as would want to join and participate in that, you would essentially create a network with unlimited potential um, hosting people from musicians to marketing people to designers to programmers to what have you. And they'd all be working together for one another. And there would be a constant supply of business within their own ecosystem. And they'd be able to share in this bounty together. And there'd be no strings attached. There'd be no legalese. There'd be nothing where anyone is holding anyone else hostage or, of, or anything like that. And the currency underpinning all of this would be completely arbitrary, meaningless monopoly money that wouldn't have any real intrinsic value other than to provide a way to account for different transactions or whatever, if you want that to happen, or if you need a log or record of these things occurring. And on top of that, the monopoly money could have value technically if, say, later down the line, we decide to start a liquidity pool, in which case then we'd have money coming in and out. And then suddenly this monopoly money that you've accrued just hanging out on the server is worth money, you know, because now people want to join and now maybe someone wants your services for some other thing. But as far as we're concerned, it's just an incubator in the same way that there are a lot of like tech incubators or like um, investment agencies or VCs or whatever who look for burgeoning talent to put their money into rather than money it's time and care and genuine relationships and you know in fact there there are a few artists in our current server who are starting to see some success relative to like you know their respective community an artist named hitbox for example they do like nintendo core inspired um i, I don't know what i would call it i wouldn't call it um cybergrind but it's kind of like Cybergrind, if you know what that is. But uh, stuff like that, obviously, Omerta, obviously, Vincent Void. There are a few like SoundCloud artists in there. A lot of relationships have been made in there. We got some people from the hyperpop scene, from the rap scene. But it's also like a destination for people from like different scenes to kind of like interact and be like, hey, I'm from, like, I make hyperpop music. And oh, cool, you're a metal band? I love your band. And like, they'll literally come out to your show when you're on tour and like, go see you and then they'll be like hey let's make a song together and it's already happened like more than once and it's it's fucking awesome and that's just through the power of like friendships and just normal internet shit
So I guess like the um, what I was getting at essentially was to me, the real promise of Web3 is affording the opportunity to provide the infrastructure economically and socially to cultivate communities like this, to um, have like an incentive for people to want to join these communities in the first place, and then for people who are then uh, who then see success within those communities to sustain themselves indefinitely without any outside interference on your own terms, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, because I think I think the thing that frustrates me a lot about um, I guess observing, should we say, the music industry quotation marks is that you always just read a lot of stuff about how it all sucks. There's an article in the Financial Times today about basically about how Wall Street just buys up kind of rights to music and how that goes like hedge funds. And then Mitski had an interview saying that, you know, as it exploited. There's a UK PR guy of data Twitter thread saying how there's no money in it. And I think the thing I found out about M Project and like, again, going back to the Contain podcast, listening to that is kind of being like, it feels like a lot of people always go, oh, it's everything shit in music. There's no money. Everyone's poor it's all falling apart but then there's never really that kind of like solution and everyone's we all, we all know it's a bit shit in all, the way it is now so yeah i think the thing from my point of view is nice about m project and all the bits and pieces is it's like okay someone's realized something and i think kind of the way music's in a bit of flux as well there's actually someone going okay here's an actual kind of concept rooted around ideas and people and community but how we combat these faults and I think the nice thing as well is that it almost, I don't know what you think about this, but it feels kind of, so if you go back to like the early 2000s uh, or like mid 2000s music when a lot of it went peer to peer in terms of like, we kind of, like, like Napster, the piracy age. And I think what has happened now is that a lot more, whether it's just like music news, for example, um, communications that look on back being a bit more peer to peer. So I think from what I found that like the way people consume music is that i will find out music news via discord or like some posts via reddit and that a lot of it's becoming decentralized away from like the traditional mediums of like music outlets music prs so it's cool to see that again move into a space of actual concrete music production outputting so with so i guess with I guess from my perspective is that the music industry is the largest, probably in quite a step flux in terms of streaming, TikTok, um, so like capital buying up streamings, all these bits and pieces. I guess so. You have M Project. But how how do how I guess how does the wider music scene? So whether it is, for example, you know, M Project out of Texas. Um, I guess how does how does this thing expand? How does it build out? I mean, if we if there is really going to be a fundamental shift and change, uh, sorry, this is a bit of a big question as well. Max says I like these big questions. Uh, what is what does kind of a big fundamental fundamental shift and change look like um, from the nexus of the M project? Is it kind of seeing a lot of these local communal projects poke up across the US and? other countries or is it something you know i love this question no 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 no. this totally makes sense because i've actually answered this before too so everything every time i like get asked something along these lines it literally just comes back to end project is not really like i don't 
I don't want end project to, I don't think it even has the potential to be this thing where it's like end project Texas or end project US and end yeah. project London or something. It's just going to be something that might provide a blueprint for other people to then go home and do their own thing with their own friends. Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, I'm this guy from buttfuck Oklahoma. And then you're someone from buttfuck Montana. Let's, you know, I like your music. You like my music. Let's make a little group and let's like invite people into it that fuck with our music and let's hang out there and let's, you know, give them our music for free and let's talk about shit. Let's hang out and let's have like, let's build like a community around this and let's make it less about music specifically and more about, I guess, like the community that we can cultivate around people who were first brought together through our music, if that makes sense. Yeah. And through having these kinds of communities butt up over time, I really do. Th- I think they already exist, to be completely honest with you. I think like you see them in SoundCloud groups like Nova Gang or um, I guess I guess Spider Gang would also be that. But they're a little bit more centralized or like um, what's that one group that Wells and 8485 are in? Um, Helix Tears. That's another one. But. I guess kind of like I see it as being the logical next step in the evolution from like SoundCloud groups to like whatever that would be in a more practical, lucrative sense. Because I don't think I think that there's a lot that we can learn from groups like Odd Future, like Brockhampton, like Raider Clan, like Sad Boys, like Drain Gang. But there's also a lot that we can avoid. And I think that really just comes down to ego and like centralization really which is at the center of that and that was kind of like the downfall of dark complex for example we couldn't really be a boy band because we couldn't truly decentralize ourselves because even if fundamentally we wanted to i was still at the center of it even if i didn't want to be and if that's how it's going to be then that just means you need to bring in more talent you need to bring in more people Maybe you need to delegate tasks, certain tasks to other people. Maybe you need to make something that is not exclusively about music. Because if it was exclusive, exclusively about music, then whose music is it about? Like, who was the leader? There will always be that sort of non, nondescript, undefined leader that people will immediately think of whenever they think of any sort of entity or whatever. But the way that we can do this and not have one so specifically is by incorporating more dimensions to it than just that i guess like both on a structural level and also just like on the macro level of like this sort of model being adopted in other places i see this just providing like the template for how to structure it use web3 and its resources to achieve that and web, not even just Web3, just, you know, resources available online in general. I guess another example is um, just to help you better understand, like, what we're trying to do. After Omerta returns from tour, they have another tour um, with Loathe, obviously, in December. But throughout that period of time, after they drop this uh, new album and when I start doing my shit again, we plan on having these things. It's not really, they're not really shows. They're more like, I don't know how to describe them, like parties, raves, I guess, like events. Okay. I think the format of metal, hardcore shows, whatever, obviously only appeals to like a very certain, like specific demographic. But I think that in doing so, 
we're kind of failing a lot of people who would otherwise be super interested in this kind of music. Like I hear echoes of heavy music in like pop, like underground pop music, even mainstream pop for that matter. I hear that in a lot of new rap songs. A lot of them are literally inspired by like, there's this really big rap group, well, really big underground rap group called Spider Gang. And I literally found out about a few of them because they were Dark Complex fans. And I remember DMing one of them recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember DMing them one of them recently. And this guy's got like a hundred thousand listeners on Spotify, like nothing too crazy, but it's pretty big for that scene. And when I DM'd him, I saw a DM from him in like 2015 or or no, like 2017, 2016 or some shit. And he's like, hey, can I use Memory Museum for a sample on one of my songs? And I was like, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> But it just made me realize like there is so much cross-pollination that's not occurring simply because these scenes are not hospitable for the people of like, I don't know, other communities or other scenes that might be interested in them otherwise. Like maybe not everyone wants to like go up to sh- go up to a show and like beat someone up or get beat on by someone else. Maybe you know people at metal hardcore shows don't really want to be in a room with a bunch of people just all clustered together, sweating and just like smoking a bunch of weed and you know jumping around and shit. They want to do something more violent, more aggressive, whatever. I feel like there is so much common ground that can be struck between them that's just being missed completely because of this weird um, adherence to conventions that are like, I would say deprecated at this point. And I think that with end project with the idea, at least we can try to bring about more mixed genre shows, not as like a novelty, but as a standard. And if we were to do that, we can also then bring this whole thing online, which brings me to my next point where I want to, this was mostly like inspired by the pandemic where I saw like a lot of remote festivals and events happening mm-hmm. where bands like live stream their performances. We want to basically make a decentralized virtual venue where we would be able to have people within our group and project, like within our server, within whatever community who would be able to like, let's say book a slot which would be just like an artificial thing you know booking a slot or booking a time or whatever the fuck they'd have their little poster they'd have their show they'd promote the event and then it would happen it'd be live streamed or it might be you know pre-recorded and then just premiered on youtube or something but the idea is that anyone who is a part of the server can you know submit for their show or whatever as you would in real life at any venue but you wouldn't have to rely on someone else to set up and organize and promote the show because the entire the reception of the show would be more dependent on the name of end project or even like the name of this like virtual venue so it'd be completely decentralized with no real ownership no one really like deciding eh i don't want you to play this show I don't want you on this. I don't want you at this venue today, maybe next week or whatever. That would never happen. We wouldn't turn anyone away, no matter how amateur, no matter how bad, whatever. You know, everyone learns. Everyone has to go through their little trial run, even if, you know, it's not great or even if it's like a drastic change in quality from some other guy who might post on it. 
it doesn't like none of this matters to me and none of it should matter. I want people to be able to have their little online show debut without having to get on one of these bills for an online festival or virtual performance and then do it however they want, do whatever they want and decide for themselves if that's something that they're proud of or if they want to take it in a different direction. Because without that infrastructure, what is the point of having the power of the internet at our fingertips and having the ability to do these things and host these kinds of events if we're just going to limit it to a select few group of people who get selected for these uh, festivals or for these events? This would allow people to give performances on like whatever basis they want, monthly, weekly, daily, yearly, whatever. And they wouldn't have to do anything else other than promoted themselves. And yeah, that's the idea behind the decentralized virtual venue. And eventually we want to have these kind of be shows throughout the country. Maybe, you know, have a show in like Seattle, have it under the same name. It's the same venue name, but the address is completely different. It's in like Seattle. And then maybe the next day we have another show. It's in New York this time, but it's the same venue name. Mm-hmm. And the venue name is what's going to carry the uh, brand or whatever. But other than that, there's not really going to be anyone at the helm of it other than the people participating in the show. And there's no one really dictating who gets to assign that name to their show or not. So, yeah, that's one example of an idea. It's a fully community-driven and decentralized way for bands and artists to kind of get their, their performance and their name out there, basically. Exactly. On their own terms, rather than having to adhere to whatever you know, structure there may be, um, sort of holding yeah. them back. Sort of on a, on a small point of what you said, though, in terms of mixed genre shows, the one thing that comes to my mind is that tour that's happening literally right now. It's Ski Mask, uh, Knocked Loose, and Suicide Boys. And Code Orange. Seen, and, and Code and Orange are on that as well. Is that, that I, believe, I believe Code Orange and Turnstile are on that. Yeah, it's the yeah, great well, tour. That, that's fucking awesome. Like, that yeah. is fucking awesome. I remember seeing that and I was like, this is perfect because it's not only going to in, in, like introduce, surely, a bunch of rap fans to, like, metalcore and hardcore, but it's also going to introduce a bunch of metalcore and hardcore fans to rap. And um, as much as I think there's definitely more crossover in, in, in those uh, communities nowadays as I think there historically has been, I don't think there's ever going to be a point where it's never going to be helpful to, like to to cross those over like introduce these people get these communities together and talking and then maybe more shit like this can happen in the future because i feel like you're right like there is definitely this like inherent thing where um people don't want to let go of whatever culture surrounds the kind of shows that they go to and obviously the difference between the audience you'd get at a metal show versus even a hardcore show versus a rap show versus a pop show versus whatever is a completely different kind of energy a completely different kind of vibe um and of course you will get like rap shows where there are like massive pits and proper rager type type energy things going on but i feel like getting everybody to kind of go out of their comfort zone and maybe examine you know what exactly it is that makes a show so so good to you specifically that kind of community element of it, I suppose, and, and connecting with people in that way is, is kind of, it's, it's a it's going to be something that, with stuff like M Project, it would be a super valuable thing. And I do hope that kind of mentality spreads further than M Project. That's the, that's, I suppose, the, 
while I suppose if you if you think about it yourself, it may be like an unrealistic thought. If the I think the mentality could be carried over regardless to something else, whether it's something other more local or worldwide or whatever. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, on that note, actually, well, I was gonna say, uh, turns out I was not on this one. It was last year's. I just realized, but um, oh, still cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's that's the thing about tours like that. They're they're a novelty because they don't happen very often. For one thing, and for another thing, there's no real effort to try and bridge the gap further than that. Which, I mean, that might not be their prerogative. I don't really care. It's just more of an observation and something that I feel like is a huge missed mark. We're just trying to, on the ground level, cultivate that scene from the inception of Omerta, Vincent Void, whatever, whoever else wants to be associated with us and take part in this and see how far we can really push this. And so we're really trying to find a way to leverage whatever uh, connections we have, whatever connections I might have had coming out of Dark Complex. Other people might want to be associated with us simply based on our music or whatever. And then pass that down to the people who are a part of our community who might then benefit from having such a connection at their fingertips. So for example, maybe there's this guy in our server who's like, a complete novice but you know great ideas lots of potential but they don't know anybody right so then you have someone who's like super into omerta and then they join the discord server like hey what's up omerta da, 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 whatever and this person has connections this person has a lot of skills and maybe this random novice is like hey i'm a huge fan like do you mind checking out this song of mine or whatever and then in that server we can just vouch for them hey you know check it out like we promise like it's worth your while through those kinds of interactions really amazing things can happen. I just want to see that taken to its extreme. And I think the extreme end of it is literally the dissolution of these corporations that try to strong arm and oppress a lot of artists through not not necessarily their own their own desires or their own needs, but rather as a consequence of capitalism just inherently capitalism and that's not a criticism of the people involved in these record labels or management companies or anything that's just how the game works and if they want to play the game correctly they have to adhere to certain things they have to expect certain things but it doesn't work for everyone and only so many people really benefit from that system and it's not the artists yeah no um, no i guess um that's my last question on on this kind of whole thing because i appreciate where uh on quite long now um so i guess kind of a lot of this stuff is very much like band christmas so i guess if i guess even from my own personal curiosity if you're on kind of you're someone on more listener side that you just kind of you know want to support bands want to support bands like a you know in the wider kind of hardcore scene what does participation from that side of the music world because you've got the creator side looking to consumer side you consumer and go okay i want to you know basically be involved in the shit how do i support the shit what does participation for those people look like is it just drawing discord is it just kind of coming up with events or is there kind of more like bits and pieces to it than that so are you speaking specifically with regards to the end project model i i guess um yes i guess so i guess it's kind of like so for example with me when i listen to the contain podcast i was like this is really fucking cool learn more about this shit 
learn more about the Emperor right, stuff right. and all and kind of that whole thing. Um, so I guess basically for my own personal curiosity, like for me, is that you know I want to learn about this shit. I'll be more involved in it. All those bits and pieces, and I would I would assume there's been people out there who are of the same mindset, be one more involved, support it, help build up these. Um, right. But are on the more like I can't make musical shit. Like I'm not musical. Um, but Max knows I always bitch and moan about the existing kind of music scene and how it's outdated, how it's shit, and that obviously there is this new model out here that you, you know, there's new, I guess, things cropping up. And probably one of them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. Yes. No, I totally, I totally get what you mean. So right now, like I said, it's kind of in the air just because we're still really like laying the groundwork mm-hmm. for everything. So I'm actually working on a bunch of stuff. Um, we're we're literally working on this decentralized networking. It's like a networking and operating system all in one. It's called Urbit. Yes, um, I mentioned Urbit on the podcast. I looked at it. Yeah, and I was just like, I cannot make sense of this. I was, <laughs> I was just like, I'm I'm too dumb for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty ambitious. It's I'm not going to get into too much detail about it, but it's basically an operating system that lives on top of your existing operating system and it uses its own programming language it uses its own networking capabilities it's completely portable you can literally put it on like a flash drive or like a i don't know a portable external or you can put on like a raspberry pi and you can operate it from pretty much anywhere on anything and it allows you to run an assortment of apps there's like a twitter clone there's like a discord clone whatever with their own set of like functionalities and because it's its own programming language it's its own like completely different beast and there is no central server that hosts everything so you're kind of in charge of hosting your own information wherever you want it so for example the end project server on urbit just hosts everything on a bucket which is just like a place to store data on the back end I digress. Basically, we're trying to find a way to incorporate these like sort of bleeding edge technologies into what we're doing in an effort to circumvent processes or um, I guess like institutional barriers in like the current existing um, musical corporation landscape, whatever. So that's, I guess, like the gist of like the potentials of it or like where we're going with it so as far as like supporting it we're going to first establish that groundwork we're going to first establish this community and then it's literally going to be as simple as joining it we're going to make a post we're going to make an announcement we're going to do all that shit first we got to finish this uh this album and do some other shit um but i'm also developing on the side so there's that um, but it can literally just be coming out to a show, you know, listening to us, joining the server, just hanging out, talking to people, providing your platform or your um, connections to other people who you think uh, might benefit from them. Even if they're not the most popular person yet, it could be really cool. There are a lot of people who could really benefit from that. And that's kind of like, that's kind of the model that we're taking with everything right now. And once we do roll everything out, then there will be like an actual, like very concrete and clear way. But as for now, it's very abstract. 
And I'm actually going to um, a conference in like a week and a half. Let me see. Uh, yeah, it's like a week and a half. It's an Urbit conference, like an official Urbit conference in Miami. They gave us free passes for End Project and encouraged me to talk about it. So I think I might give a talk and see if we can attract any investors or whatever into this endeavor, see what's going on. But we've been talking to quite a few people who are interested in helping us get our feet on the ground financially, even with record labels. Um, there are a lot of record labels who kind of have the exact same vision as us. And because our visions are so aligned, we're going to be working with them for Vincent Void and Omerita releases moving forward. And these are, these are not people to like shrug at or scoff at. These are like people who came from, for example, Roadrunner or from Nuclear Blast, or from Atlantic, or what have you. Mm -hmm. So these people are super interested in what we're hopefully <laughs> accomplishing or achieving um, in the near future. Like I said, for now, that's just kind of it. Sorry. <laughs> nice. No, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I think. I mean, that was my last kind of, yeah. But yeah, so, yeah, I'm interested. I mean, I'll happily, if you can invite me after this to the Discord. I'll yeah, be, I, can, I can invite you. I will hop in. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hey, fair warning though. Sorry, fair warning. Um, I just have to I have to preface this for anyone listening. I am still and the other members of End Project, whether like Omerta or even just like bands or peers or whatever, we all strive for a community that is self-governed and not really something defined by or dictated by, you know, policies or terms. Yeah. Um, you know, that you would find in like Instagram or Twitter or whatever. So this kind of lends itself to people saying things that might be a little questionable or might, you know, you might find disagreeable, but that's just kind of the spirit of it. And the point is to, if you see an issue and you disagree with this person, or you don't think it's cool to then engage with them, not in bad faith, but always in good faith, because even if this person's a shithead troll, whatever, just trying to say shit to get under your skin, the bottom line, and I guess this is just part and parcel with like my uh, background from like image boards and shit. For me, it's always more important to engage in good faith with people, even if you find them disagreeable, than to just shut them out or to chastise them for saying something that you find immoral or whatever. Because I think if we're all trying to come together to build a community, to build a scene, it's important to understand where everyone is coming from on an individual level and why certain people feel justified to say certain things or do certain things or act a certain way or why some people might maybe not even feel justified to do it, but just might do it impulsively. And if this is something that you yourself should consider or reconsider rather, maybe being that we've all been indoctrinated by years and years of overexposure to crazy propaganda from the government or from weird people online or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's hard to sift through the bullshit to come to the reality of it, which is just that I think people are just trying to make friends and have fun. I don't think yeah. it's that much deeper, but yeah, sorry. I just want to preface no, it's it. Fine, it's fine. Yeah, I, yeah. I can see that because I said that. I, yeah, I was, I was a message board kid as well. Um, oh, you were? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I, don't, I didn't. I was more kind of a browser, like a lurker. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I have, I'm not. I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm quite boring, so I don't really post. 
Uh, <laughs> I just kind of read it and was like, yeah. The culture is understood. <laughs> the culture is understood. And the I've culture seen is how understood. it's yeah, changed over the last 15 years or so to uh, what it is now. But yes, yeah, I'm happy joining, obviously. Yeah, I'm looking forward yeah. to hearing the new Murder as well. And hopefully, even soon in the UK, I might be in the US for that tour. I'm figuring out dates. Really? I don't know. Max Max knows the backstory to it. I might, yeah, it's, I might, it's, a, it's a whole thing. It's a, whole, it's a long story. I might be the Portland show for it, um, pending. That's crazy. So, because I really want to see a murder, I'm kind of like, I could just, because I'm, I'm due to go to, basically, basically, I'm due to go on a holiday to America to see some friends um, in Portland. Oh, yeah. And like, I think I was going to go like start of November. I might be like, I could go end of November now and kind of just go see, start address the fucking 10th time and go see a murder and see low for like, <laughs> and see I low think... for the eighth time as well and see all these bands I... before like <clears throat> loads of time before we just go see a murder as well for the first time i think the idea of you going to america to see static dress and you see them like nine times this year in the uk <clears throat> it's like you turn up to that show you're at the front row <laughs> and sam ogden pointing you he's like what the fuck what are you doing i, know, so <laughs> I remember well. you from all the london shows you were playing. what the fuck are you doing here why are you following us bro That'd be That's crazy. Gonna be, that's gonna be real. <laughs> um, I really hope you can go to that. That'll be fucking that, sick. Because yeah, I'm, I'm, I am heartbroken. They're, they're quite small. Like they're quite small. Like they're all like a hundred, like two hundred. They're quite small venues. So like I'm like, bro, the chance to see a murder and like, because obviously when they're coming here, murder was like a two k venue with loads down the board. It was gonna be a big so venue. Like, yeah. the, all the American ones are like two hundred caps. So I'm like, and no barriers. So I'm kind of like, do you know what? A murder, no barrier, low cap. You can lay someone out. You can lay someone out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of surprised. I thought the tour would have like bigger venues too. I think it's just because Loathe haven't actually really, I mean, they haven't done a headline run ever in the US. I think they're kind of testing the waters on how, how far they can push it. Oh no, I definitely think they are, but it's just crazy. Venue upgrades, I'm sure. I think, I think that some like New York venues would probably be upgraded and like, um, sort of West Coast states will probably be up- upgraded as well. I don't know. It, it depends on on how well the tickets sell, obviously. And I think yeah. they're probably selling, at least within my circles, I can see that they're selling quite well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So fingers crossed. Also, before before we uh, uh, sort of wrap up things, I just want to say um, when I listened to I Let It In for the first time, oh, yeah. and <laughs> I heard your voice. <laughs> on the title track you have no idea how much i was like freaking out <laughs> because at this point it w- it had been like three and a half years since i heard your voice on a song like yeah. i and i was a huge dark complex guy and i remember there being some weird beef that i'm not gonna get into between <laughs> you guys and loath back in the day i remember that being a thing whether or not you want to comment on that i don't know but it was so like I was just like this is the coolest shit in the world. Vincent fucking Boyd <laughs> is on a loath song, and this band is propelled into like the stratosphere now. And I get to hear your fucking this this fucking dude's voice from this fucking album, <laughs> Point Oblivion, Widow and shit. That was the co- that was the coolest shit. Um, I actually, I actually do want to comment on that real quick. Sorry, going um, yeah, talk your shit. <laughs> No, 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 no. I, I have a lot of history with Loth. Loth and I go way back. I've yeah. known, I've known, I think I've known a lot of the guys since, I think since before Point Oblivion. I definitely knew Sean, the drummer, mm. since Widow, since before Widow was released, actually. 
Um, he was supposed to be the original drummer for Widow. <laughs> no shit. Well, I mean, back when you guys supposed- were Widow. Right. He wasn't supposed to be. I guess a better way of putting it is more like um I wanted him to be. I knew that it was ridiculous. Like there's no way it was gonna happen. But we were looking for a drummer, could not find one. And Sean and I were Facebook friends and we'd been talking for a while and I loved his music. He's an incredible musician, like probably one of my favorite like modern rock whatever musicians ever. He makes incredible funk and jazz. No, like he also he plays guitar like a motherfucker. Oh no shit. Yeah, he's incredible at guitar and bass, actually. He's just, he's very good at everything. Yeah, when you hear Loathe's music, you can tell that Sean had a huge part, at least in like changing their sound, their style. Mm-hmm. A lot of the early stuff that I was into by him was just like funk and jazz. And like, it's honestly sounded a lot like J Rock. So mm-hmm. <laughs> whenever Loathe started incorporating more of those kind of chord progressions, I was like, oh, this is, this is Sean for sure. Yeah, so I don't. I don't know of any beef. I never had any like ill will. Maybe maybe I mis misheard what it was what happened, but like uh, I don't know. Hold on, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I do know, and then you can tell me whatever you heard, and I'll clarify that. Yeah. So what I know is when they debuted and they went under like the pseudonyms, and they had like the guy with the mask. I was like, <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> yes, the mask. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it was it was Kadeem, Kadeem wearing a fucking mask. A I remember thinking, yeah, I was just like. I remember thinking like this is so so stupid like it doesn't look cool well I'll, I'll i'll change that i don't think it was flattering i don't think it was great for the image and it felt like someone that okay i'll tell you something else we were originally talking to sharp tone but before sharp tone was a thing so monty connor from nuclear blast who founded sharp tone he originally wanted to sign dark complex in like 2015 no, 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 I'm sorry. 2014. We met with him. It was him and then our A&R at the time who worked for Spine Farm. And it was mm-hmm. those two watching us together. And that guy, um, Monty, was like, you know what, Darren? Darren, our A&R for Spine Farm. I want you to have this band, whatever. Because like, Monty used to mentor Darren at Roadrunner. So Monty was like, but I am starting a new label. And if you guys are interested, you know, just let me know, whatever. Shortly after, I think he made like Nuclear Blast and then I think Sharp Tone or something. I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember the details of it anymore. It's kind of hazy. But all I do remember is there was, there was like this thought amongst, amongst us whenever they uh, debuted Loathe. And we were like, okay, this is kind of weird because they do have that like new metalcore sound. Mm-hmm. And they also have the guy with the mask. And they also have the pseudonyms. It's not like the most original thing in the world, right? Yeah. But it is a little suspicious. So it was a little bit. That's that's kind of it. I didn't really think much of it beyond that. I didn't care for I the think, music either. Oh, really? You weren't big on the on like um on the prepare consume proceed stuff, right? I liked their album after it though a lot because that's kind sun? of when I yeah cold sun because I remember being on tour actually when I heard the cold sun. It was like 2016, I believe, right? Yeah. Well, no, no, 2017, 2017. Yeah, so 2016, 2017, something like that. I remember hearing, I think it was, I think it was the song Loathe on uh, The Cold Sun, and my mm-hmm. mind was just blown. Like, I heard the vocoder thing, and I was like, oh, okay. Okay, I fuck with this band. <laughs> this band <laughs> is totally <laughs> different. Yeah, this band is totally different from the band that I heard last record. Yeah, 
I mean, they shifted yeah. fast. Like, I remember, I remember when I heard that because they did the original EP in like 2015, and then they did the reissue in 2016 when they signed to Shark Tone. I think that's how it worked. Yeah, yeah. And then with the reissue, they did the masks did. and the and the fucking pseudonyms and stuff. And that's around the time I found them, and I thought it was like I don't know, it didn't suit them particularly. Yeah, it did. And not. they dropped they dropped it fast for a reason. Like, and then like the next year, they had the Cold Sun rolling out, and whatever. Um, they didn't have any of that shit. They just were themselves. They just looked cool as fuck. They've always had a really sick aesthetic as well. I think ever yeah. since then they've had this like swaggery kind of. They don't look like a metalcore band. Basically, they've always just looked like something else entirely. They look and, like uh, pimps. They do. They look now, like have, you, have, have you managed to catch them live before? Yeah, I saw them live with Code Orange. Sick. Because when did you did you jump on stage for the? I did actually. Yeah. That's so sick. That's so sick. Because yeah, I did my part. <laughs> The fucking um, the groove that Sean does on that bit live that isn't on the record is so sick. Oh, okay, hold on. Let me comment on that. I have I had to do my part to that groove, and it was so fucking confusing. It was like, <laughs> I completely got, oh, different to how it is on the record. Yeah, it was so weird. I was like, "Fuck, I'm fucking up. I don't know what to do." Because <laughs> he does it. He doesn't do like he goes fucking yeah 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 off the beat. Oh yeah yeah exactly, and it's fucking sick. And I love that. And I can imagine if you're like going from memory of the record or whatever, and you're like, what the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but that's yeah. sick that you got to do that. That's really cool. I mean, I would fucking love to. Like, my ultimate hope was that if uh, if the Ometa tour in the UK happened, somehow you could come over with them and come out and do that song like every night on the tour. That's That would literally be my dream. But. Uh, Obviously, the stars have not aligned, and I will sit here well, crying until they, <laughs> until you come back. <laughs> well, actually, it's funny because I was supposed to go to that tour, so I'm supposed to. I was supposed to be in Italy around that time, and I was just gonna fly over from Italy to the UK. But motherfucker, just the, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was gonna do it. <laughs> you know, I'm have some words with Kadeem. I would be like, "You motherfucker, you you did this. You did this. You t- you denied yeah. me my 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 grace. You fucking bitch." <laughs> I, I, unbelievable. Yeah. unbelievable. We're, we're definitely gonna we're definitely gonna do it again though because um hope so. Yeah, no, it's like it's literally gonna happen again. I know that they're going to try and like do something like that over again. Um just obviously when the record's done and ready to go. Yeah. But also by that point I will have music ready. So who knows, maybe then I will also be able to um perform as well. Who knows? That I don't know. Be... That'd I don't even sick. know what scene I'd be a part of, but yeah, maybe. Well, as you're saying, scenes don't exist anymore. We don't need them. <laughs> try, try, trying to destroy them. Try to destroy the scenes and and just have everybody be one genreless sort of world. I guess you can call that a scene in itself. There's like a sceneless scene. There's everybody's doing everything in one scene. I'd love to see Love Tour with someone like you or like fucking King Yosef or something. I don't fucking know. Yeah, that'd no, be that'd sick. be sick. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, I think we we've been talking for almost three hours, so I think our uh, the, the question well has certainly run dry. But is there anything you would like to say before we stop uh, recording? Yeah, I like your Phoebe Bridges shirt. It's cool. Thank you. She was amazing on tour. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. She was amazing. I don't think there's anything really left to say other than um, stay tuned. Suicycle is going to blow your socks off. Or knock your socks off and blow your wig off. I'm not sure about the idiom. (laughs) 
it's gonna blow something. It's gonna. It's, it's, <laughs> it's gonna, gonna knock happen. something. It's gonna blow something. Yeah. There's gonna be some shit going on. Yeah. I'm Stay looking tuned. forward to it. Mm. Stay tuned. I'm also on it, so it's it's a cool part Ooh. too. 